Listen, honey. Hi, fam. Oh, my God. It is day 42 of quarantine for me. And I'm pretty sure you guys are all around in the same boat. And I have to tell you, I am so thankful for this podcast to just connect with you guys and to check in and see how you're doing. I mean, I really wish we were in one big room together so I could at least like social distance, give you a like air five from afar because this is so hard. I um, I never realized how much I've missed human contact until these last few weeks. And as much as I'm thankful for the quality time and the mindfulness that the quarantine has taught me, it's also made me really anxious for that next moment we're all able to get together and we're able to hear some good news constantly and to know that everybody's going to be safe. So I wanted to do a specific podcast towards somebody who is out there on the front line, somebody who knows directly what it's been like to help actual patients of COVID-19. So everybody, please welcome Dr. Megan Kwasniak, who is an ER doctor, and she has been serving in her hospital since day one of COVID-19, has came across so many patients and is trying to make sure that she herself stays safe to come home to her family. And she has managed to do so and be here on Listen, Hanay. Doctor, thank you so much for everything you've done. I am so excited to have you on today. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, First off, how are you doing? How's your family? Are you quarantining right now? Tell me what's going on. Okay, so uh, I'm quarantining on my days off. Um, I do work my regular schedule. Everybody's well. My family's well. Uh, My parents are well, so uh, thank you for asking, but uh, everything's fine. Okay, good. And where are you located exactly? I am located in South Florida. Um, I live uh, near West Palm Beach. Got it. Florida. How are you feeling when the spring break fiestas were still continuing a few months ago? Because I know I was frustrated watching that on the gram. Right. Yeah, it was definitely frustrating. Um, You know, a lot of us physicians uh, wish that the uh, beaches had been closed uh, sooner, um, especially around that time. But, you know, it didn't happen. So, Well, doctor, the reason why I wanted to talk with you today on Listen, Hanay, is to really hear directly what it's been like for you on that side of the medical field. You know, I, I obviously I'm inundated with news and we know that a huge reason why we're all staying in right now is not only to flatten the curve, but also to reduce the risk of the hospital beds being overflowed and hospitals being limited and, you know, being able to give the support to the people who really need it. And so on your end out there, what has this experience been like for you? Well, um, let me start by uh, saying that um, I'm actually, uh, for whoever is has been taking this seriously and quarantine, thank you so much because... Um, I feel that we are seeing fewer cases just over the past few days. Um, and I think that's been a wonderful thing. So for anyone that, you know, has stayed at home and done their part, you know, the medical community does appreciate that. We thank you and we're very grateful for it. It's a little bit of a, a broad question, I guess, to start with. If you, you know, how has it been for us? It's been ups and downs, I guess, um, to start with, but you know, I feel that for one, um, as a medical community, we've definitely come together and bonded over this experience in a way, uh, you know, where we've uh, been seeing a lot of um, help from different subspecialties and among each other. So that's been a, a wonderful experience on that end. Oh, that's amazing. And in the beginning, doctor, tell me what it was like 
for you with your practice? I mean, did you start to notice patients coming in more frequently than usual? And when did you come into contact with a patient of COVID-19? What was that like? Okay, so I work in the emergency room. I'm an uh, ER physician. Um, so, you know, we uh, pretty much see everybody who comes through our doors. Uh, we, we are there for everybody 24-7. It's very interesting to uh, answer that question because um, I personally believe we had been seeing uh, a few uh, COVID cases even before uh, everything really started, so to speak, or was talked about. Um, you know, I've had some patients that to this day, I wonder, you know, were they, could they have been COVID? And I think the answer is that yes, they could have been. Um, when things started uh, going bad and happening, we were seeing a lot of patients with fever. Unfortunately, at the beginning, we were not able to test everybody we wanted to test. And this had to do with uh, governmental policies or just not having the tests available to us, to, you know, not just at my hospital, but pretty much uh, across uh, the hospitals in the United States. So the, the, you know, the policies and practices were kind of changing um, as time went on. So, uh, you know, initially when, when we were seeing patients with fever or typical COVID symptoms, we might have not actually been able to test them to confirm that they were COVID. So is it possible that during their stay there at the hospital, they could have infected more people while they were being determined with what they had with you guys? Sure. Um, I mean, that's, that had more to do with just them being in the community, not so much as the hospital, because very early on, we implemented the uh, quarantine uh, precautions for the patients. So even though we weren't able to test them, we would still tell everybody, you know, you got to go home and you got to quarantine, you got to stay away from your family. You really got to stay, you know, in isolation, unfortunately, up to 14 days. And if you feel sicker, you know, come back to the uh, hospital right away. Um, so it wasn't so much, you know, infecting as much in the hospital, but just more of them being in the community and not knowing that this was happening. I understand. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. So in your facility, how many patients with COVID-19 have you seen? or no went through the hospital. Okay, I'm going to be very honest. I don't have the stats in front of me. Yeah. Um, and you that's know, such a it's, common thing I keep hearing, doctor. I keep hearing from my friends that even work in hospitals that they're not able to know the actual number. And is that for people's safety? Is that to reduce panic and fear? Uh, no, it's not so much that we don't know. Those numbers are available to us. I just don't have them right now in front of me. But we definitely have seen a significant number of patients you know, it's, it's hard for me to say how many right now, but, you know, the number is always divided by patients that needed hospitalization right. versus patients that, you know, went home and were, were well enough, were sick, but well enough to stay home. Right, right. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier that today you're noticing the number of patients with COVID-19 or patients with symptoms coming in has reduced. Do you think that the quarantine has been working and how much of a reduction is this? Are you saying that you think there's hope we could come out of this in a month, maybe two months. Like, what are your thoughts around what you've seen? Um, I absolutely think we can come out of this. I think with people um, taking this seriously, we've definitely, you know, like I mentioned before, seeing a reduction in numbers. Again, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, and they're, they're getting collected every day. 
obviously emergency rooms are open every day, so we get new numbers every day. But I would say in a given day, if we had seen, let's say, 40 patients with potential COVID, you know, that number's maybe down half, um, if not less. I do think there's hope. I think it's, I think it's gonna, we're definitely gonna come out of this. I would myself ideally like to see the quarantine being implemented a bit longer than what it's already being talked about. I think the, if we push ourselves a little more to stay home, you know, uh, reduce the number of times we see our family, you know, all the, all the precautions that, 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 that has been talked about on TV and, and CDC and all that, I think it's going to be better for us. Of course. No, we definitely know that by now, putting yourself in complete isolation is really the, the, the best way for us to get out of this sooner and be able to get our economy back. When you hear that governors, say, for example, of Georgia and now the mayor of Vegas is talking about allowing people to go ahead and start to resume back to normal, quote unquote, although I don't you know, think anything will be normal again. But do you think that that's a good idea for us to go back out and start to kind of resume shopping and going to the salon and all of our normal activities? You know, in my opinion, I think it's too soon. I would really like to see the quarantine implemented for another two weeks or so. You know, it's hard for me to say exactly how long, but I think opening right this minute is too soon. And, you know, all the efforts that we have been putting into, um, you know, flattening the curve and making sure the numbers are, are lower and, and people not getting infected. You know, I think I would hate to see that go to waste. You know, I yes. would hate to all of a sudden, if we resume everything right away, you know, I, I would just hate to see the uh, pandemic blow up again in our faces. Yes. I don't think and I love that you're talking about other people, but doctor, you too are at risk. I mean, you too risk yourself every single day that you go into work and work directly with these patients. I mean, how afraid have you been to bring it home into your family and into your household? So when the uh, pandemic first started or when, you know, it's, we talk, we started talking about it in hospitals. We started seeing um, the few uh, numbers that were showing up at our door. Um, you know, very honestly, the medical community was very worried. We were very worried. We were not prepared for this. We didn't know if we had enough personal protective equipment, you know, masks, gloves, all these things that protect us from getting sick. And uh, we kind of had to uh, really come together and take action um, as soon as possible and, you know, kind of put our brains together um, and see, okay, what can we do now? How can we modify what we're doing? You know, what are our, our options? Uh, where can we get more PPE and things like that? I've been very concerned about my colleagues across the country, you know, where, where they were reporting that they were not only didn't have enough PPE, some of them were not allowed to wear PPE, which was, was very um, disturbing. I'm very lucky that in my community, we actually have been managing very well. My hospital administration had been uh, very supportive. You know, initially we were worried, but somehow we got hold of masks, got hold, hold of gowns and things like that. And, uh, you know, having that obviously makes you feel so much more secure, you know, when oh, you go yeah, see sick for patients. Sure. Oh my gosh. You mentioned that you and your colleagues had to come together to resource. 
Um, how have you had to improvise to make up for the supplies that you needed? Can you give us some examples? Initially, it was more of just taking kind of matters into our own hands, uh, reaching out to different suppliers or distributors to see if they have uh, PPE or personal protective equipment available. One of the most wonderful things that happened is that the community really came together and started sewing masks and uh, making face shields for us and making, you know, hair nets and things like that. So basically the whole idea was that even though the hospital was working hard to provide us stuff, we also kind of, you know, did it on our own and we shared that among ourselves. We shared that with each other. So, you know, my colleague, if my colleague found a, a particular mask uh, that they thought was good, um, you know, she would tell all of us or she would purchase it on our behalf. Um, so that's pretty much what we had to do. Wow. Yeah, you're right. When it comes to community and friends and family, that's what we feel we've only got right now at this time. So I'm so happy to hear that your community is so tight knit. Um, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about some of the specific experiences of patients that you might've come across when we come back from the break. Welcome back to Listen Hanai. Today I am with a very special guest who's breaking it down what it's been for what it's been like for her on the front lines as a doctor, especially of the emergency ward. Dr. Megan, how are you right now? I'm great. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for being so honest about what it's been like uh, in the hospitals. Um, how are you? How are you doing? How are you coping with all of this? I am honestly doing a lot better than I was at the beginning. Um, you know, at the beginning, there was so much uncertainty, so much unknown that was really kind of affecting uh, myself and I know it was affecting my colleagues. I do feel that as of today, seeing the numbers go down, seeing people cooperate, having enough PPE, you know, coming together as a community has really made a, an amazing impact on the, the entire experience that honestly could have been something very terrible. But um, because of all these things, you know, I'm doing much better. So yeah, okay, I'm good to hear that. And you look great from my end over here. Um, <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I hear you. For me, you know, I feel frustrated not being able to help or do anything about the situation. Like it's really it's really hard, and I never realized this until quarantine, but it's really hard to be told, just sit there, don't do anything. So it's almost like, imagine the panic of people running around you, lost, confused, getting sick, falling down, um, needing help to you know, hold up their kids or to help aid them to the hospital or even just give a helping hand, but you can't do that. You have to just stay put where you are and just read and watch the news. And that bothers me so much because I don't know what to do. There was one day where um, my partner and I went to go pick up groceries and drop them off for elders that live by themselves. And even then, when I was done, I was like, that was nothing. I, I, I feel like there's people dying. There's so much more to be done and we don't know what to do. So um, I thank you, first and foremost, so much for being out there and to keep your spirits up. You're clearly so calm and cool-headed. Like, obviously, any patient that comes across you is so lucky to be able to just have your presence. Thank you so much. Of course. Can you tell me some of the experiences you've had with some of the patients? Have you worked with a COVID-19 patient directly? Oh, absolutely. Um, just to, I guess, give you an idea. I, uh, I will work any, 
about two shifts uh, per week uh, on the average, and we do uh, 12-hour shifts. It could be an overnight or a day shift. Um, so, you know, it's really hard to say, but sometimes we see about under normal circumstances, you know, 23 patients or so. Um, we, what's been happening a little bit is that because of people staying home and, you know, quarantine, which is amazing, um, the, uh, the number of patients with other uh, complaints ha has been less and we've been seeing more COVID patients. Now, my, you know, the area where I'm at um, has been hit pretty hard, but not as hard as obviously some of the uh, places we have been hearing about in the news, like New York City, you know, Detroit, uh, especially um, all those places. Um, and I must say, I have been in touch with uh, my colleagues in New York. I did train in New York. I did my residency in New York. New York City is very close to my heart. And, you know, um, the doctors and the nurses there and everybody that works in the hospital has had it much tougher. My heart goes out to them. Uh, I know they've been fighting and they've been really strong, just as all of us. But, you know, just by the sheer volume, um, number of residents living in New York City, obviously much higher than where I'm at. So um, I just want to, you know, make that point. Can you tell me a story of some of the most memorable COVID-19 patients that you've had? So, for example, you know, one of the uh, challenges with um, coronavirus has been that not everybody presents with typical symptoms. And when I say typical, I mean uh, things like cough, you know, fever, uh, sore throat, or just feeling really fatigued. Um, obviously, those are the most common symptoms we see. But there are some patients, because maybe of uh, the other um, illnesses that they deal with, like diabetes, you know, high blood pressure, asthma, they can present with symptoms that are not uh, very classic. And, uh, you know, one of the patients I had um, was an elderly uh, gentleman who basically presented just because he was worried about um, his diabetes and was worried that maybe his sugars are running high or whatnot. And, uh, you know, he said, I'm just a little tired. I want to make sure my sugar's okay. But, you know, something about um, his appearance made me think that, you know, this is not just about being tired or his sugars uh, being out of control. Just looking at him and based on the way he was breathing, I asked uh, my staff, you know, let's, let's uh, test him. Let's test him. Uh, for uh, COVID because I think uh, that might be the case here and actually turned out that it was. So in terms of us healthcare workers and medical personnel, we kind of have to be uh, very attuned to the patients that uh, we see. They may not present typically, but uh, they may still have uh, the infection even though they don't present classically like that. How is the overall mood in the hospital? Is it somber? Is it uplifted? I mean, I know it's not, you know, you guys aren't dancing through the hallways, but how do you keep each other positive over there? How do you keep each other motivated and how do you not bring this home? I can only speak for myself and my staff and my experiences. I cannot really speak for everybody else. I don't want, you know, if there's any physicians that are going to listen to this, you know, obviously this is my personal um, encounter and uh, my experiences only. But I feel that this um, uh, pandemic has really 
brought me and my staff together. It kind of strengthened our bonds. You know, when you work in the environment like the emergency room, you really have to work together all the time, you know, pandemic or no pandemic. Everybody kind of has to work together, put in the part and be there for each other. And, uh, you know, especially in, in this difficult time, we really came together and supported each other. And when I say supported, this could mean anything from, you know, seeing that my nurse, you know, needs a new mask or um, helping her out with even getting blood work sometimes. You know, that's not normally what doctors do, but if there was a um, a patient that needed, um, you know, higher level of care or uh, nurses were struggling, whatever, you know, I'm there for them. Uh, you know, making sure that nurses are taking breaks to eat and we're taking breaks to eat, making sure that my colleagues are okay. Uh, my colleague physicians, we've been uh, exchanging, you know, a lot of information uh, outside of the ED, you know, in our uh, private chat groups. Uh, we've been supporting each other. We've made sure that all of us have appropriate PPE. And just talking, talking about, you know, our feelings and how we're feeling, how we're doing, reaching out to each other. That has been a tremendous help and just really made the experience a lot more bearable. Oh, yeah. I, that's so relieving to hear that what you're doing is very similar to what I'm doing at home with my friends. I need to call each other, check in, make sure that you've got everything you need. My mom sends food over to some of my friends who are by themselves and we, you know, send each other funny memes and, you know, mm -hmm. FaceTime to keep each other up. And that's so interesting. I mean, of course, you know, that the doctors would do the same because you guys are also people. But I just wonder sometimes if you're too busy to be doing that, you know, but no, you have each other and that, that's awesome. And as far as when you get home, doctor, like what's your way to release all the stress that you receive from work? How do you decompress? Just trying to kind of do what you do, actually, you know, number one, make sure to stay in touch with my friends. And this is my non-medical friends um, that have been absolutely wonderful and super supportive. You know, we make sure we talk over FaceTime uh, or video just so I can see their face. I have been trying to stay active, uh, you know, being active really, I find that lifts up my mood. I, um, you know, I, I even like, like to dance, you know, just by myself or whatever, but it's been, that's always, always makes me happy. Um, I've also been, been doing a lot of creative things. I'm actually a, a photographer as well. I keep a blog, photography blog. I've kept a photography blog for years. And for the first time, I actually took that, my camera and pointed it, I would say, at my uh, healthcare colleagues uh, and friends and been doing little, you know, journaling about COVID and my experience with it. I've posted it online. I've shared it with people that actually that creative outlet has been um, very, very uh, um, enriching and just helps me uh, cope with the difficulties. And lastly, I will say this, you know, I have very much limited the news. Uh, maybe it's not a popular thing to do. But for me, you know, I stay informed of what on what I need to stay informed. But instead of constantly watching the news or listening to the news, I turn to positive things like, you know, positive podcasts, positive books, meditation, things like that. Uh, I, I really find that when I constantly listen to the negativity, 
it, it makes me anxious. It makes me, uh, you know, unable to cope, unable to bring the best version of myself to the hospital to see my patients. So kind of limiting that and taking things day by day have been a true blessing. I hear you on that, doctor. And I agree with you as well for somebody who's not in the front line like you are, just reading all of the statistics and hearing the confusion with one leader telling you one thing and then a mayor telling you another. It's like, yes. it's scary. It's really scary. Um, and, you know, I can safely say most people in this lifetime right now have never been a part of such a crisis that has affected every single corner of the world. For me, um, I get I get a little bit of anxiety attacks. And the thing that has been saving me these days is meditation and breathing, actual doing mm-hmm. breath work. And I never, I, I know the importance of, you know, to sit and to be present, but I usually did it just more for a mindfulness and to be able to be more focused. But now it's saving me. Now it's actually making me feel so much better to get my heart rate down, to feel myself, take a deep breath and feel every part of the woes inside of me come out in each exhale. If anybody wants to start learning how to do some popular deep breath techniques that help you with, you know, trauma, stress, a lot of the pranayama techniques in yoga are really amazing. In just your inhale and your exhale, there's so many methods to short breaths and then long, deep exhales, and then breathing through your chest versus your stomach and vice versa. There's so many ways to just mentally kind of clear your head and clear your chest cavity with all of that weight. And it's really helped me. So doctor, I don't know if you do any breath work, but that might be something to kind of look into to, into as well. I might have to DM you some of these things. Please do. I actually uh, have for the first time started the breathing work and the really? meditation too. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm so into it. And I see your Instagram page and I think you're right. The photography is definitely, again, tranquil, something that helps to relax you. Being outdoors has really helped to... Um, give me kind of like a clarity because being inside four walls, I don't think we're kind of meant to do that for this long. So if you can, obviously within six feet apart from anybody else and for 20 minutes, get outside, even if it's standing on your patio, even if it's opening up a window and just allowing the fresh air to fall into your skin, it makes a big difference. Don't get stuck on your phone. I can't repeat this enough. Get off your phone, get off the gram and just make sure that you're moving you're keeping your mind positive and connecting with other people, like doctor said. And Absolutely. So, I 100% agree with that. Yes, yes. Doctor, my last question I have for you is, what is something that you feel hopeful about? Two things, actually. One thing is that, you know, seeing the numbers going down, I do feel very hopeful that we can go back to our lives sooner than later. You know, I don't have a deadline. I don't know when this is going to happen, but I do believe that it will. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, maybe life will never be the same. Um, I actually like to think that it will be, meaning that, you know, maybe not the same in a way, you know, some of the bad things that, that we're used to, but I think we will be able to go back to hugging each other. You know, I miss hugging people. I really do. You know, I'm. Oh, I never uh, want to take away hugs. No, no, never. Now, handshakes, I can consider. Handshakes, mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with, but hugs, no way. We've got to save those. 
I agreed. So I do, you know, I do, I am very hopeful that we will go back to hugging. We will go back to spending time together in proximity and not just over FaceTime. I do uh, believe that we'll go back to dancing and things like that. You know, that is what I'm very hopeful about, you know, whether that makes me a, a silly optimist, I'm not sure, but that's what I do believe. And the other thing, you know, that I'm very hopeful is I do feel that Despite some of the negative stuff that the media has been um, portraying, I do see that as a humanity, collectively, we came together in this. You know, we, you know, we've heard from people, our friends that we never heard from. We reached out to people. You know, we, we kind of reconnected with our families and our friends and with ourselves too. Being at home, being stuck at home, not, you know, having to run to work or run to all the errands we have to do, we kind of were able to take the time and hopefully look within ourselves, um, ask ourselves deeper questions, able to answer them. So I do, I am hopeful um, that we were able to reconnect. And I think that's a huge deal. And perhaps that was needed because, um, you know, we, we were just so busy all the time. I do agree with you, doctor. We are going to come back strong and hopefully even more connected. But I do think we are going to change as well, like you said, and for the better. There's something very beautiful about the way we all hunkered down and really learned the, the essence of quality time, communication, real check-ins, text messages that mean something, FaceTimes. I've never FaceTimed this much ever since the history of FaceTime, and now I can't see doing anything but. and so. I really encourage everybody to be excited about when we get out and actually make eye contact. Now we won't take it for granted when we see each other on the street to say, hey, how are you doing? You know, or I love the way you look today and actually connect, you know? So that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. And I hope other people feel the same way because it's all up to us to take care of each other, stay inside so that we can get out of this faster. And doctor, I can't thank you enough. You, your entire team, the nurses, the the janitors, the um, stock people over at the hospital, every single person who works to make a hospital flourish. Thank you so much to everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate as well. Thank you so much. Of course. If anybody listening to this feels like you need somebody to talk to, or you just need somebody to um, connect with, please do hit up the crisis text line. My good friend runs the crisis text line and there is a place where you can get trained crisis counselors to talk you through this, to help ease your nerves. If anybody's like hearing crazy things that's making you trip out, don't listen to those people, first of all. Second of all, listen to people that are gonna encourage you. Listen to this podcast. Listen to solid people like Dr. Megan who are going to be sure that things are gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this as long as we stay safe and we keep each other quarantined. So if you do need some advice or you need somebody to talk to, please do text the crisis text line. Check it out at crisistextline.org. And of course, my DMs are always open when this episode's up. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how everybody's doing. And I'm also giving out my phone number. I have a direct number where you can text me if you have any questions at all. You could call me, but I'm probably going to text you back, to be really honest, um, just because I'm always on air. So do text me if you have any questions for me or Dr. Megan. I'll get them over to her. My number is 310-388-8224. That's 310-388-8224. You guys take care of yourself. Dr. Megan, please take care of yourself too. Keep in touch with me. I hope everything 
goes great for you. And I hope we get out of this sooner than later. Maybe hopefully one day we can meet. I would love that actually. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll give each other hugs. That's the best part. Yes, that's what we really want. (laughs) Absolutely. Don't forget to subscribe, everybody, to Listen Hanay. Share this with a friend. Be encouraged. We're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And please don't forget to rate and review this podcast. All right, you guys, take care out there. Love you.